intro song for the People's Show. Welcome to a Monday edition from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Vic Nazar, Dom behind the glass, Victor running the show, and of course, you as always on the People Show. 650 650 in our Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at dunbarlumber.com. Summer schedules are over. Everyone goes back to their respective shows. No longer are the other shows uh, coming knocking on our door asking me to come out and play. We're running solo here on this show. Don't need Dan Riccio. Can can Bic come out and play? No, 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 no. We're running, we're running wild in the open here today on the People's Show. Rage already texted in. Let's go! You'll have your chance to sound off on anything in the inbox, 650-650. On the phone line, 604-280-0650. Certainly want to give you your chance to talk about uh, what's happening for your Vancouver Canucks. Big news today. We'll get into a bunch of week one stuff as well. But the captain's been named, so I want to open with that. But Steve Rabel will join us in the second half of the show as well. Talk about those Seahawks. Oh, rough debut for them here on 650. Hoping for fireworks extravaganza. Didn't happen at all. Uh, but let's start with Vancouver. Big congrats to Quinn Hughes, 15th captain for your Vancouver Canucks. I want to spend less time on how good Quinn will be as a captain. But if you want to share your opinion on that, Hey, you've got the means to do so, the space to do so. 604-280-0650 or 650 Again, 604-280-0650. Plenty of space in the first segment if you want to chime in, grab a phone line, and uh, say what you want to say about Quinn Hughes. The thing is, he has certainly showcased an assortment of qualities and attributes that you want to see that thrust him into earn the opportunity to be captain. He's he's credentialed. You've put up stats akin to Leach and Orr and Bork. You're doing good things. Fantastic job growing your game on the ice into your career. And, and time for me will tell if he is a success as a captain. And if he's a success, it will not be determined by the speech that he gives that rallies the troops or the continued success of the stats that he's shown up that he can put up or the autograph he's given you staying late or something like that. What will determine if Quinn Hughes is a success for the Vancouver Canucks as their next captain is if the team has some success. And for the team to have success, we all know they've needed to act like a far more stable outfit than they have been for the previous few seasons. And seeing this announcement today is another good checked box. That's the term I've been using throughout the course of the last few weeks, ending the summer, players starting to arrive, and all this sort of stuff. There's no one thing that is going to be the reason that this team has had success. They start going on a winning streak in December. I don't want to hear people say, hey, they showed up early. That's why they're having success. It's not any one thing. Hey, that practice at UBC, that's, that's when things started to turn over. It's no one thing. It's the culmination of things. 
So I didn't want to go above and beyond at any point to praise players for showing up early and being in shape. It's quite literally their job to do so. But I did want to see a collection of checked boxes from the organization and from the players themselves. And this is one I didn't even really have on the bingo card. I'm more focused on the process of how the Vancouver Canucks came to this, this decision and how they have announced it to you, their loyal fans that get fanatic, that care deeply about who and when is being named captain. They could have played this out all through training camp, done this through preseason, absolutely could have done it, and it would have drawn intrigue and interest from the media. It would have sparked conversations for you in the group chats or in the bars. I guess more chats are happening in the group chats now than uh, over a couple of drinks, over a pitcher. But the goal for this isn't to be mysterious. The goal is to start acting more professional. Do not create environments where things can submarine your season. The goal is to start pushing towards more wins. Carry yourselves in a better manner and get on with business. This doesn't need to be some gender reveal party or building suspense like it's Canada's Got Talent. You're trying to get into the semifinals. You don't need to compete with a couple other guys. This isn't Glee trying to get into regionals. We don't need to do the daily check through training camp and preseason of, oh, this guy did this. That means he's captain material. It was a Monday morning press release. I love it. Remove all the suspense. There's no pageantry of this. You just get on with it. You don't put your fans in a state of anticipation for every single thing. You name your guy, put everyone on the same page. Let's move forward. So well done by the team. Uh, now we can focus on the battles that really matter. Roster spots coming into training camp. We know who our captain is. This is your guy. They named it. We can focus on October 11th versus the Edmonton Oilers. 650-650, what is your thoughts on uh, what Queen Hughes uh, will be as captain? Keep coming in uh, with your thoughts. Uh, this one, uh, Dean, I don't know why people are getting uh, twisted over Pedersen's comments. Maybe he wants a new Contract to reflect his 150-point season he plans on having this season. We'll see what uh, with Petey. Uh, this one, what success? Could not be much worse. Exactly. They haven't had success. He's had individual success, putting up some fantastic numbers. But for the team, moving forward, this isn't some indicator. Hey, they got the captain. Now they're going to start winning. Uh, they got to start winning. <laughs> Point blank. This is a major step that they need to uh, take this season showing that they can thrust themselves into a you know top 15, top 12 team in the NHL. Players certainly feel that they can do it. There's marquee players that feel like you should be able to do it with a Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson, Thatcher Demko. October 11th, we'll see if it's going to be there. Uh, this one, uh, Rager. Right process, right decision, right guy. And then in parentheses, Razor text in. Not JT Miller. Keep getting your thoughts in 650-650 or 604-280-0650 on the phone line. I'll give plenty of space for you to chime in on uh, the decision today or anything that's else that is on your mind. Week one of the NFL, though, nearly in the books. We'll, we'll talk about the Monday Nighter in just a bit. I know Dom is... Uh, Champing at the bit to get see uh, get going to see what uh, the New York Jets have in store for division rival Buffalo Bills. The story for week one, though, in L.A., Miami Dolphins, the marquee game, an explosive game. I know I'm always uh, 
here for a defensive battle. But that was a well-executed fireworks show in L.A. And one of the reasons I've been harsh on Miami in the past is what is the ceiling for Tua? Yes, he's had a six TD game, but never have we really seen what we saw coming out of college. You got to remember, it started as tank for Tua. It wasn't bail for Burrow. It wasn't helter skelter for Herbert or whatever you wanted to call it, whatever alliteration you want to use for Justin. It was tank for Tua. That was the thing people were excited for for years. So there was real hype to back Tua. So it's not as if there wasn't real talent there, and people have been waiting for it for truly rise to the surface. That was it yesterday. That is what I've been wanting to see from Tua for a couple of seasons. Big on him coming out of college. Didn't immediately translate. There's been some growing pains for sure. And perhaps uh, Dolphins fans have pushed it a bit too early to say this guy is legit when it really wasn't uh, was not quite there just yet. Obviously, health being a big concern as well. But the the two anon campaign uh, had thrusted uh, a bit too early for me. But that was the type of performance you want to see from a franchise style QB that puts you in the conversation of getting the type of deal that we've seen a bunch of other QBs get already handed out. He's had a 6TD game. He's had a 400-plus yard game as well. Health is going to remain a question mark and a concern throughout the course of the season, but that was a different Tua. We saw climbing the pocket, creating throws. I always like to watch Sunday and predict what we're going to talk about with Mark Schofield, the best throw of the week. I'm going to just predict right now it's probably going to be a Tua throw. Third down. Stepping up in the pocket, kind of a gunslinger sidearm whip down the sideline, throwing guys open, difficult stuff. That was one where you look like he's winning and creating on his own outside of, hey, what does the offensive scheme look for me? How is it set up? Hitting the markers at the right time. That was Tua at his best, and it was fantastic to see in a best game of the day amongst a slate that was just awful. Just awful. The the no preseason playing for a lot of players. Week one, week two, essentially, is just an extended preseason all of a sudden because there were not well-played games. There was a couple of close ones. Buccaneers-Vikings was close. Titans-Saints was close. Cardinals-Commanders, but they were not well-played by any means. Maybe they were on your TV because you just saw a three-point, four-point game. I don't think a lot of people were rushing to watch Raiders-Broncos Russell Wilson's check down fence there, Uh, although he did look much better, but it was a pretty meager opening into the NFL season. But Tua and the Chargers and the Dolphins really uh, put on display what can be done. And I hope you had Tyreek Hill in your fantasy league. 11 receptions, 215 yards, a couple of teeters as well. really showcased, especially in a day when there was so much struggling offense and other guys you probably had in your fantasy lineup not performing well, and you just showcase how how much struggle there was to get star players the ball, the Dolphins made it look easy. Sat and I were talking about it on Friday. This is a, a good opportunity for the Dolphins. What is the next elevation or the, the next evolution of your team? Tua struggled in this game last year, going 10 for 28. How are you going to respond 
What layer were you going to unfurl to show, hey, this is going to be another threat? Well, 28 for 45 for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Mike McDaniel solved a lot of problems at all offseason to think about it and made look made it to look easy to get your best players the football, which was a difficult task for a lot of people across the league, including Arthur Smith, uh, the Falcons head coach, who kind of went out of his way to poke fun at the fantasy community once again, uh, saying, hey, we don't care what the fantasy says. We just want Ws. Hey, you got your win, but you're making life more difficult for yourself. That's the issue. You won a divisional game. Those are the important ones. I get it. But you don't need to showcase and try to flex your intellect of, hey, I can create plays. I can get anyone open. I can get anyone the ball. You can just get your best players the ball, too. How about that? But Falcons get their win over, over the Carolina Panthers as well. But hey, I'll, I'll grant them. They got their win. Um, but you can do cool things with uh, your best players as well. want to see that. A coach that struggled for me, Sean Payton. I mentioned that Broncos game. Sean Payton talked all that talk in the season. About Nathaniel Hackett, one of the worst jobs ever. So, you know when you get a new job, I'm sure you're asked, like, hey, what do you want to do in the first month of your job? Presidents, we talked about. The first 100 days. What are you going to do in your first 100 days as a president? You take over a new role. How are you going to change things? Sean Payton's idea was, yeah, we're going to change the offense, all this stuff. We're also going to open the game with an onside kick. That was the big thing. You start a new job. What are you going to do? We're swinging for the fences. Something that has a 15% success rate. You go check it up. Since 2018, kickoff rules changed. Surprise onside kicks. Talk about onside kicks in the first, second, and third quarters. He talked a lot of smack, and it led to an onside kick. Something that has a 15.4 success rate. That is what Sean Painted wanted to hang his hat on. Not we've made all these changes, watch us be structurally sound, detail-oriented, which Sean Payton offense always are. And that first drive they had, it looked great. Wasn't about winning the game for Sean Payton, it was about looking cool. Well, it blew up in your face. Yeah, they had a chance at it, but it's difficult to run 10 yards in a second. That's why the guy was short of it. When you can't pop the ball up, it's difficult to get there. It was a cool idea. It blew up in your face because the Raiders scored right away. You're down early. You lost by a point. Pushing them deep could have helped, but you wanted to win the game on one play. You talked all that smack, and it blew up early on you. Never got back uh, ahead, and and Jimmy G was the one walking away, and, and Jimmy G, all he does is win. But shot and Peyton, uh, that was a big mistake to start the game uh, amidst a lot of coaching mistakes. Mike Vrabel kicking a field goal, fourth and two. But for me, the, the worst decision was Sean Payton opening the game with a surprise onside kick against a division rival, starting over a new regime. Fans trying to get back on board with, hey, this new coach, what it looked like last season. Not for me, an onside kick, especially in a one-point game. Your kicker missed a bunch as well through the course of the game. Every point 
huge value. Why are you thrusting your team into uh, your opponent into your half to start the game? 650, 650. Uh, come in with your thoughts. Silver and Black Canuck. Uh, you guys, uh, or sorry, who had Vegas being the only team in the AFC West with a win? Burrow being a flop. Daniel Joins having a QB, QBR of eight. And the Rams putting the hurt on Seattle. NFL continues to deliver insanity. And I have uh, missed it so much. Also, why did the Vikings stop throwing to Justin Jefferson? 138 yards in the first half, 12 yards in the second half. Why? Yeah, the insanity uh, has come back for the NFL. Not overly well played, but drama certainly throughout the course of the day. 650-650, coming with your thoughts. Uh, Also, heads up, in about uh, 50 minutes, Quinn Hughes will be on the station. Your new captain of the Canucks. With Dan Riccio and Satyar Shaw. On the return of Canucks Central, we will have your new captain, Quinn Hughes, coming up. Dom, you excited for tonight? Big time, buddy. Big time. Uh, I really hope the Jets blow out the Bills and just shut up all the haters. Have you been... uh, I I saw Robert Sala running up the stairs at MetLife. Have you been uh, trying to run up the stairs there? Have I ever run up the stairs? I've never no, been no, to MetLife. No, no, today, like, hey, Monday nighter, get charged up, running up the stairs here in the Rogers in office. In my mind, yeah. I have a sprained ankle, mind. so. Sprained ankle? You think that's stopping Quinn and Williams? That's stopping Aaron Rodgers? I don't have a tortol, my friend. It's not that easy for me. <laughs> Go to the dark room, man. <laughs> that's not going to help my ankle, Vic. Mind over matter. Aaron Rodgers had a broken heart in Green Bay. He went to a dark room, came out, and was like, hey, New York. City of Lights is where I got to go. By the way, were you surprised that Joshua Kelly had 16 carries for 91 yards yesterday for the Chargers? Well, they were chalking up six yards of carry. At some point, Austin Eckler is going to get tired. They're like, hey, we need to siphon this off a little bit. Platoon. It's not like Joshua Kelly was doing poor either. No, and he had a touchdown too. I was shocked. Good player. Um, a lot of weight behind him, but he looked pretty spry yeah. last night. And the Dolphins. Look, we'll do the power ranks tomorrow. Um, I have a feeling the Dolphins are going to climb, but it's a little bit of a worry. They give up six yards of carry. Right. And Hopefully Austin the Eckler. Jets aren't giving up six yards. And Austin Eckler looked a bit faster than he has in previous years. Forget about running backs aging poorly. That guy's angling for a new contract soon. He looked amazing yesterday. There was a, a handful of performances I thought uh, if we kind of did the best player at every position yesterday or at least uh the fun positions i'm not gonna sit here and say hey this center looked fantastic but as far as running backs austin eckler was fantastic and the one i wanted to shout out travis Etienne. oh i didn't know i didn't think you were going there travis Etienne. um not even just hey when i had the ball he looked fast he made a block on a nice play on calvin ridley's play that that is true acceleration like one of my things with travis Etienne is it, it, it's not the Olympics on the field. You can't just run fast and be like, oh, I'm just faster than everyone. He looked like a football player yesterday, Travis Etienne. Finishing runs, uh, that was uh, a really fun one. Brandon Ayuk was amazing yesterday. I think the, the block is the one that stands out on the Christian McCaffrey TD, but two massive touchdowns. He wasn't even open uh, on the, uh, the deep one against Patrick Peterson. I, that- was, uh, I was worried about Aaron Jones. Right. Getting into that first game, there was some rumblings that Dylan might take over. What was it, nine carries for 11 yards or something like that for A.J. Dillon? And, yeah. It, it was not very good. Jones ended up having two touchdowns, 86 receiving yards, 41 uh, running 
or rushing yards. Aaron Jones is good. Aaron Jones is good. I told you that uh, Packers offensive line, top five. It's a top five unit, especially in the run game, changing their identity from Aaron Rodgers. Um, of all the teams that played poorly, like the Bears played really poorly. Who had the best, worst performance? I guess this is a way of, of saying, who are you not worried about? The five worst performances, Giants, Bengals, Steelers, Bears, and Seahawks. And we'll talk about the Seahawks coming up in a bit with Steve Rabel. But who had the best, worst performance? I was going to go off the board and say uh, the Baltimore Ravens, but... Uh... But they won. I know, but it was against Houston. But they didn't look good. I didn't think they looked good at all. I think Lamar Jackson still has turnover problems. They were That me. fumble, where he's just bread loafing it? Yeah. But it's not even... Like, like there's bread loafing it, and then there's doing the Drake hotline bling, where I'm just like, I'm going to keep the ball up here, and before you know it, uh, that was an odd one. He needs to figure that out. They look like... At least I can understand some growing pains, and there were some growing pains of how that offense is. They're making philosophical changes as well. I can understand that one, but they got out with the win. They lost Dobbins. Yeah. A, a couple injuries on their offensive line. Yeah. Um, Marcus Williams, who's very underrated safety uh, for them. He's uh, looks like he's out for a while. Torn Peck. They did not get through that game unscathed by any means. And to answer your question. That's a bit of a worry. To answer your question, though, it is the Seahawks. Just from a philo- philosophical and team culture standpoint, I feel it's the Seahawks. Yeah, you know, I feel that way about the Bengals, too. Like, I, I think they'll overcome it, obviously. But just judging it off of the one game, boy, the Browns or the Bengals look bad. The Browns really took it to them. Big credit to them. I'm excited for tomorrow, the power ranks. Uh, after tonight, I'll, I'll jump deep into the spreadsheets all over again, see what the uh, the power ranks look like tomorrow. So if the Jets blow out the Bills, are they top five? Uh, if the Jets blow out the Bills, like the Jets came into the season for me, like hovering around them. Uh, 10. There's a lot of teams that are between like 9 and 20 for me. 9 and 18 maybe. I guess what I'm getting at is if the Jets blow out the Bills, you're still going to have the Bills above the Jets in the rankings. Uh, Yeah, probably. (sighs) Because again, it's not about the records. If you want the records, just load up NFL.com, hit standings, and say, hey, who's got the best point differential? Who's got the best record? It's not about the records. It's if they play tomorrow, who's favor? Who is actually the best team? Any given Sunday, someone can win. Buccaneers beat the Vikings yesterday. If they play again next week, are you taking the Vikings? Or are you taking the Buccaneers? Might take the Vikings. Vikings. Right? So that's the exercise. But if the Jets block up well against a strong defensive unit and look sharp, yeah, hey, look, there's a chance they could be creeping towards that top five. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow. But for me, I actually think the Bears might have had the best or worst performance. Not Justin Fields, but... Hey, they put up the most points. They look like the most functional offense of that group. Like the Giants, Steelers, Bengals look so bad. Joe Burrow had no answers for the blitz. That was a bit of a concern. We, we, we've thrusted him into this, hey, you're the third of the, the top three. We're talking about guys making a tear jump. Can Burrow make this tear jump to Mahomes? Tua made a, started to show he's trying to make a tear jump here. Joe Burrow, if, if, if he doesn't rebound fast here. He might be getting left behind, and, and Josh Allen might be in his own tier. Have you announced the Chris Jones news? No, what's Chris Jones' uh, Breaking news, news, Chris Jones has ended his holdout after getting to terms on a revised one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, as reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter. So it's not a long-term deal? No, the, resi- just, uh... the revised agreement doesn't include any additional years. Okay. 
but he does get multiple incentives in the final year of the current deal. So it took one uh, one game for them uh, to cooler heads prevail. But Chris Jones back inked. Figured you want a long term deal, but uh, they're all back on the field. We'll see if the KC Chiefs now. They're going to hold true at number one after their loss to Detroit uh, in week one. 650-650, keep coming with your thoughts. Uh, This one. uh, Actually, I'll go to read that one afterwards. (laughs) I'll go to break. We'll be back in a minute. We'll read a couple of your thoughts as well. On the other side, it is the People Show.